thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not trying to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. To the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome. We're so glad you're joining us today for Jesus the Heater. Come on in. We saved you a seat. And uh, it's the best seat that's the seat around the Word. Amen. And so we've got a studio audience here today, and we are all hungry for what God has for us. So to know what He has for us, we have to listen to Him. We have to listen to his words and take his words and make them ours. Amen. And so we're glad to have you with us. We say this, bring your faith because the faith is converted into power. The word is converted into power when we add our faith to it. Amen. And so that's what we're here today to do is we're bringing our faith to the word of God. Why? So we can be greater doers of that word. Amen. We've been looking over the past several weeks, we've been on on this subject called Victory Over Grief and Sorrow. We're teaching out of a book of mine because uh, we want you to know it's not a sad, morbid sermon. It is, it's not about grief and sorrow. It's about our victory over it. Yes. And no matter what you're faced with, there's always victory that's available to us. And so just because circumstances that are adverse shows up, that does not change the victory that belongs to us. Amen. Amen. And uh, we have to realize this, that grief, sorrow, disappointment, all of these things don't just try to enter when someone that we love moves to heaven. Uh, there are circumstances that, in, that can arise in life that, that really grief and sorrow will try to enter in. What about when something turns out differently than what you wished it to? Whether it's a business, whether it's a relationship, a marriage, a home, something turned out different than uh, what you wanted. And uh, just know this, that in those times of opposition, victory still belongs to you. But we have to know how to think. We have to know what to say in the face of that. And uh, not only when there's an event that happens, the devil tries to bring in uh, a flow of grief and sorrow, but what about when we just can look back and we say, you know what, I've made decisions I shouldn't have made. I've gone directions I shouldn't have taken. And if we're not careful, we can come under a flow of regret. And uh, we just have to know this. Isaiah 53 verse 4 is still true at those times. That he, surely he bore our griefs and he carried our sorrows. Meaning we're not to live under a life, a cloud of regret, even over things we did wrong because that's why we qualify for savior. Amen. And the good thing is we've got a savior and he has redeemed us from a life of, uh, of regret. 
He's redeemed us from having uh, to live under a cloud of events that have happened maybe in our past or maybe of, of just circumstances that we're facing. Um, we're offered the highest flow. Let's take it. Amen. And that's why we want to minister along these lines and talk to you because too many times if we're not careful, we think that um, taking cues from those around us and taking cues from the way the world responds, we think that that's our cue to take and it's not. The Word gives us the right thoughts. The Word tells us what's the right mindset to have in the, in the face of opposition, in the face of when things go different differently than what we wish. Amen. Um, So we have to, to really experience the word that belongs to us. We have to know something. You, you, you know, thank God. God loves us. We love God, but we have to know something. Amen. And we have to know what the word says. And so, as I said, Isaiah 53 verse four, surely He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Why? Because no man can carry them. No man can carry them. Why? It will break down a man's life. It'll break down a man's flow of joy. It'll break down peace. That grief and sorrow are of such it took the Godhead to deal with it. It took the Godhead to deal with it. Why? So that we wouldn't have to deal with it. Why? Because no man can deal with it properly. And so we have to realize I'm redeemed from grief and sorrow. We have to remember that. And it it matters when we're faced with opposition. It matters what we remember at that time of opposition. Amen. I want us to look at some passages. Go with me if you would today. Get your Bible, get some notes, get a notepad, a pen or pencil and follow along with us. Second Corinthians chapter six. I want to just, we're going to jump around a little bit here in second Corinthians and we're going to look at some things that Paul talked about because in his life of obedience, he faced opposition. Did you hear that? In his life of obedience. He faced opposition. Uh, Having faith doesn't mean that we bypass things. Faith means that we have the victory in the face of opposition. Amen. 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 There are some things if we'll follow God, follow his plan, that we won't have, if I could say this, self-inflicted difficulties. We can avoid more self-inflicted difficulties, but we're still going to have opposition because no devil is going to congratulate us on moving forward in the plan of God. The enemy is going to oppose us. And so we have to know what is the right mindset? How do we face these things so that these things don't serve to push us off the plan of God? Paul, as I said, Paul faced great opposition, but he always, uh, he always ended up in the right flow. I want you to see in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 4 just tells a little bit of what he faced. It says, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, and in tumults, in labors, in wait, in watchings, in fastings. What is this? This shows a little bit about what he had to endure in his life of obedience. Now go with me to 2 Corinthians in chapter 11 in verse 23 we'll read. And I want you to re- hold, these, hold these scriptures in mind because I'm going to follow it up with a certain scripture that I'm headed toward. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, he goes on and he lists some of the things that he endured. He said, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths often 25 
Five times received I 40 stripes, say one. So he means uh, he was whipped 39 times on five different occasions. Verse 25 says, thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice, three times I I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep. What's that mean? Floating in the the oceans. (laughs) Verse 26, I was in journeys often in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness and watchings often and hunger and thirst and in fastings often and cold and nakedness. And then he goes on in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8. He says, we are troubled on every side. Look at this, yet not distressed. Not distressed. He's giving a list of all of his life of what he encountered. And he said, none of it was a distress. See, it sounds like I'm on the negative side. I'm not. I'm going to flip here to the positive side. What? To keep us in right thinking that when we're faced with opposition, that shouldn't turn our thinking negative. That's what we have to know. The renewed mind doesn't flip into the negative. The the renewed mind's always on the positive. So he lists all these things, which means this. Obeying God doesn't dismiss us from oppositions. We're empowered for it. I said, we're empowered for it. And if we enter a flow of complaint, a flow of self-pity, a flow of poor me, we're going to bypass the divine help that's offered us. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8, he says, we are troubled. Look at this on every side. Have you ever felt it at times that every arena of your life was trying to get out of place? Well, that's what he's talking about, trouble on every side. But notice this, yet not distressed. Why? Because the Word tells us what to do. The Word anchors us. Amen. He says we're perplexed, meaning this, in ourselves, we we can't naturally figure out what to do. But look at this, we're not in despair. Why? Because we know who's in us, guiding us, directing us, and who we're following. Verse 9, he says, persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Notice this. He answered every opposition. This is what I want you to see. He determined how it affected him. Uh, We can't determine all the circumstances that come against us, but we always determine how they affect us. We write the outcome of everything that comes against us, everything that opposes us. I want you to turn with me to um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, just a few verses down, verse 13. So notice he's listed all these things that opposed him. And then in verse 13, he says this, we having the same spirit of faith. Notice this, the spirit of faith is to author our thought life. The spirit of faith is to author our actions. And how many of you know, you can only have the spirit of faith by the word you feed on. That's right. Amen. The word of God is the source of the spirit of faith. How did Paul face all of this? He faced it with the spirit of faith, not the spirit of complaining, not the spirit of fear, not the spirit of worry. The spirit of faith, how we face these oppositions are going to determine how we author the ending of them. You think, well, God's authored the end. Well, let me just say this. He's provided victory for us, but it's up to us whether or not we take that victory. So he said, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, 
and therefore have I spoken. Notice this. I believed, therefore I spoke. I believed, therefore I spoke. Believing isn't complete until it's followed up with something you say. Our believing is connected to our speaking. To say we believe God, but we don't answer opposition. We're not believing Bibles the Bible way. The Bible believing is saying something in the face of opposition. So I don't care what shows up. I answer and I determine the outcome. That's the same for you too. Paul faced all of these things and look at the stack, the list of things against him. But at the end of it, none of it took his faith out of him. That's right. He said, I have the spirit of faith. And in that spirit of faith, I believe and I say something, I speak. Amen. We're not waiting for the pastor to say something. Amen. We do our own speaking because we do our own believing. He said, I believed and therefore have I spoken. That's how he endured everything with the right, with the spirit of faith in place. That's how he got on the other side of everything is that he believed. He never laid down his faith and he expressed that faith. He let the faith carry him through as he, as he spoke his words of faith, it opened the door to the power of God to work for him. Amen. Amen. Listen, it's not faith that gets us through. It's faith that opens the door to the power of God that gets us through. Amen. We're not getting through by our own effort. We're not getting through by our own ability. We speak faith in the face of opposition and your faith is the door greeter to the power of God. Amen. And if we ever stop speaking faith, the door closes. And then God's power can't reach our needs. So that's why we continue in faith. It's a life of faith. It's not just moments of faith. Uh, When we have a life of faith, we just continually keep that door open to the power of God. Amen. So Paul said, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak knowing that he which raised up the Lord, the Lord Jesus from the dead shall also, excuse me, raise up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus. Now notice this. Uh, how was he able to believe and speak? He knew something. So notice again, he said, I believed, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak knowing. Mm-hmm. Knowing. knowing. Why are people not speaking? They don't know enough. Uh, Why did people lay down their faith? They didn't know what they needed to know. We have to keep feeding. Why? Faith comes by hearing. And the more we hear, we can come into a knowledge of what is ours and therefore our faith will remain intact and we will keep speaking. Uh, Notice all the lists. I would dare to say not too many of us could stack a list against what Paul's list looked like. And notice the outcome is that he said, my faith is still intact. He said at the end of it, he says, I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Amen. Amen. None of this took his faith out of him. None of what he, none of what he endured. He had the spirit of faith and that spirit of faith directed his mouth. It directed his words. Circumstances didn't direct his mouth. His faith directed his mouth, directed his words. Amen. He believed that the God who raised Jesus from the dead is the same one working in him. Now, did you get that? The same God who raised Jesus from the dead is the same one working in you. Amen. And if it can raise Jesus from the dead, it can get you on the other side of that bill. It can get you on the other side of that broken relationship, on the other side of that obstacle. Amen. But God needs our faith and he needs us saying something that holds the door open to his power to keep working. 
Now, this is where I'm headed also, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, because we've read all of those things about Paul's life. But I want you to see that the thinking of Paul, the mindset of Paul towards opposition. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17, he calls all these persecutions that he faced, listen to this, he said, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Look at these words. When we read these words, we see his thought life. He calls all this opposition light affliction. You go, really? Uh, What the world calls calls hard, we call light. Why? Because we're not dealing with it with our ability or our strength. We're dealing with it in the, in the strength and the power of God. Yes. Amen. Amen. His grace, yes. His ability. Yes. Amen. Amen. Learn to call what's against you light because you're comparing it to Him. All this opposition is a lightweight compared to the heavyweight that's in me. Amen. God is the heavyweight of all this. Amen. And everything is light compared to him. The difficulty many times is we compare our opposition to us. We say, how can we handle this? You're not called to. You're not called to handle it. You're called to open the door to him to handle it. And it's your faith that opens the door for his power to come in and deal with that which opposes you. You stand and face that in his ability. In Christ means as Christ. You're in Christ and you deal with it as in Christ. In Christ, as Christ. Just as he dealt with it, he's still dealing with it in my, in my stead, in my place. I just allow him to come in and deal with it with his power. Amen. I am in Christ, therefore I have the ability as Christ. Amen. I like the, I so appreciate these words because most people really go tilt on uh, him saying this word light affliction. All of that. Now we read it. Remember how stacked up that looked, how overwhelming that sounded. And he called it light. If we're calling it heavy and hard, um, we're invited to renew our minds some more. Further renewing of the mind is invited. We're not in the, in the highest flow God offers us until we're calling all opposition light. Yes. Wow. That's so good. And we're thinking of it as light. Yes. There is a man who has one of the largest churches in the world. And uh, if I went on and listed, I mean, he, he has a building now that seats 100,000 people. He just finished that building. And they fill it several times every Sunday. Um, he had at that time, I don't know what, he, uh, probably about eight years ago, he had 16,000 employees. My goodness, you got to have a convention center to have a staff meeting. <laughs> and um, so I'm talking, he has a lot of responsibilities, has a university, has a Bible school. Um, and one of the students said, because of, of the place of influence, he said, that you have, he says, I can imagine you've faced a lot of opposition. And I love what this preacher said. He said, hmm, I guess I have. I just haven't noticed. Light. It matters 
what kind of attention you give what opposes you. Paul was saying this is a lot of affliction because I don't give it my attention. Yes. It's all about yes. what you're going to put your attention yes. on. Yes. When you're opposed, it matters where your attention goes. Amen. If it goes to you and your ability to get on the other side of that, you're going to struggle and you're going to call it hard and you're going to call it heavy and you're going to, if I could say this, get into a, 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 almost a, a flow of depression, pushed down. But when we think right, we say, this is light for him. If it's heavy, it's because you're trying to do it. Yes. You get that? Yes. If it's heavy to you, yes. if it seems heavy in your thought life, heavy in your feelings, heavy in your soul, yes. how you're thinking, because you're trying to do it. Yes. But all of this is nothing for him. It's so easy for him. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. And this is what we see in the mindset of Paul. This is how he faced that whole stack of opposition. He came out stronger for it because he thought right about it. Amen. He said, uh, for our light affliction. Notice he included you on that when he said our. He's not just talking about mine. He's assuming you're calling it the same thing he's calling it. Our light affliction. Look at this. Which is but for a moment, not for a lifetime, not for years, not for months, a moment. And if it's taking more than a moment in our attention, we're doing it wrong. We're thinking wrong. Mm-hmm. Amen. Um, what kind of man is this that calls these kinds of afflictions light and only for a moment? It's a man with the spirit of faith. Amen. 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 Yes. Paul went on and he said, for this light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us. He turns afflictions into his acceleration. Yes. He turns afflictions into his place of promotion. He turned, it, he turned afflictions into his place of increase. They're working for me. Yeah. They are. Uh, if I could say this, uh, if you ever walk up a stairway and you notice each rise is higher, you mm-hmm. take a step up and it requires some strength, but what does it do? It lifts you. Every opposition is a lifting place. Yes. Mm-hmm. It'll work yeah. for you. Amen. When you go up a stairway, it works. Every step yeah. works to get yeah. you up to where you're headed. Yes. He said, these afflictions, they're working for me. They're lifting me uh-huh. up. Every, they're lifting me up further and further in the plan of God. Amen. He steps on them. He doesn't, he doesn't get under them. He steps on them. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. He said, they're working for him. Why? Because they put him in a position where only God could deliver him. Oh. He, they faced him. They came and they opposed him. And he said, I'm going to learn God better at this moment because only God can do this. He, he's going to get to see God impress him more and more and more. Yes. When my husband went home to be with the Lord, there were eight impossible things, uh, projects that needed to get completed. My husband had been trying for five years to finish, eight, f- to finish those eight projects. Um, they were partially done when he left and I couldn't do them. I, I didn't have the, the business know-how. I didn't have the experience in business because he's the one that had all, that was all on his plate, so to speak. That was under his oversight. So I stepped into all of those projects, half, half completed, uh, cold turkey, so to speak. I had to learn kind of uh, what had happened, what, what place those of completion those were at. And I said, God, I said, they're impossible for me, but they're easy for you. So 
because of faith, we get to, we get to launch into the impossible. Listen, if we're not going to go by faith, you better stay away from the impossible. The impossible lives where faith is. And if we're going to deal with the impossible, you can only deal with it by faith. Otherwise, if you're not going to go, if you're not going to approach it in faith, leave the impossible alone. And so I said to God, I said, uh, it's impossible for me, but it is so possible for you. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to allow you to direct me. I'm going to lean on you, trust in you, look to you, and my attention will be on you. And in one year, all eight of those were done, and we were completely out of the debt of all eight of those projects. Why? I got so impressed watching God work in my behalf. Now, listen, he would tell me my part. I had to do my part, but the wisdom was his. The, the knowledge of how to do it was his. All I had to do was hear what he said and walk it out. I didn't have to formulate the answer. I didn't have to write the path of completion or success. He authored it all. All I had to do was follow him closely in it. Amen. Amen. And this is what Paul said. He said, that light affliction, it worked for me. I want you to know those eight projects that got completed in a year, they worked for me. My faith was at a place it hadn't been before those eight oppositions were having to be dealt with. It accelerated me. It it gave me a working knowledge of God, not just a a written knowledge, but a working knowledge of God. I saw him work and I sat back and was so impressed with how his ability finished what my ability never could have taken on. And uh, I'll tell you this, it addicted me to the impossible. It's where the impossible was the only thing that fulfilled me anymore. (laughs) I mean, I wasn't, listen, if you can do it, it's not impossible. Anything you can do, it's not impossible. The impossible calls for God's doings. And it calls for our faith to trust that God does it. Amen. Amen. So I understand what Paul meant when he said that this works for me. All these oppositions that we read, they were his lifting place. They were him learning God better, knowing God better, and seeing more fully what God's power could do for him. So never look at opposition as an undoing place. It's your lifting place. It's your lifting place. It's your place of promotion. If you think right, hold your attention on him. Hold your attention on what the word says. And don't, don't take on the thinking of others. Take on that spirit of faith that, that talks like God, thinks like God, moves like God. Amen. Well, we've been ministering out of our book called Victory Over Grief and Sorrow. You need to get it so you can feed on these things over and over and get them in you. You can go to our website at deframeministries.org and order your copy there. We'll be glad to get it out to you. And not only that, get it for somebody else because others need to know the things you're getting to hear today. Amen. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. In the book, Victory Over Grief and Sorrow, Nancy Dufresne shares from firsthand experience how even death is no match for the mighty force of peace that is available to every believer. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. It is possible to live untroubled and undisturbed even in the presence of the enemy. 
In this book, Peace, Living Free from Worry, Nancy Dufresne teaches us how to close the door to worry, fear, and doubt. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. If you need prayer, please call our prayer line. We have trained ministers on staff who are ready to agree with you for your miracle. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.